Welcome to Wholeness and Holiness Podcast. Here we will deepen your understanding of human and spiritual integration so you can live the life of peace and fulfillment God has for you. I'm your host, Margaret Vasquez. I hold a degree in theology and I'm a licensed professional clinical counselor and certified trauma therapist. Join me weekly for practical applications of the spiritual life. No part of this audio is to be used as mental health treatment or clinical advice. Please see a licensed mental health professional for personal consultation. Hi, and welcome to Wholeness and Holiness Podcast. I'm Margaret Vasquez, your host, and um, this week I want to talk to you about identity. I'm so excited to talk to you about this. There's so much in this for us as Christians. Um, identity is really the core of human and spiritual integration. This is really where the two come together. It's, it's where they fit together. It's where we find the basis for being human in a way that's mature and where we find the ability to, um, to live our spiritual life from a place that's really empowered and really mature as well. And where the two of these really fit together. So I'm so excited to break this down. It's really something that the Lord's been showing me. So I'm excited to talk to you about it and share it with you. So as we look at the idea of identity as the core of human and spiritual integration, what is our identity? There's so many different things that compete for our identity, whether it's Um, being a citizen of of a certain place or whether it's being a member of a certain club or, or whether it's um, being a member of a certain church or going to a certain school or being a fan of a certain team. There's so many different things that can compete for it. And if we just take a look at secular society, we can see so many people um, really struggling with um, and suffering from um, from a confusion of identity and, and really that really just speaks to the concept of grappling for, for our identity and how core that must be to our nature. Recently, I was listening to, um, to a podcast by, um, Ryan Swigler, I believe is how you pronounce his name. And he was the founder of the satanic church in Africa recently converted um, away from that into Christianity by a powerful experience of, of Jesus appearing to him that he had. But he talked about the tenets of the satanic church and what people are told when they join the satanic church is actually, if you've felt rejected in other places in your life, it's because you belong here. It's because you were meant to be a Satanist, right? And so that speaks to the identity of the individual. And we see similar, um, similar struggles in other areas in our society, um, sexual identity, and even um, yet in St. In Paul, you know, he talks about no longer male or female or Jew or slave or Greek or free or, or, or whatever. That's not our identity. And so, so what is our, our identity? It's held up to us throughout sacred scripture that our identity is as God's children, as his beloved sons and daughters. That's throughout scripture. That's that notion comes up and we can even see in Jesus own life, how at the beginning of his mission, what happened, the skies open, 
the dove descended and hovered down over him. And the voice spoke from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased to listen to him. And so that identity for the Lord as the beloved son of the father, even for Jesus, both human and divine, and yet in his humanity, so essential to know who he was as the beloved son of the father. And then we hear even from him how important those identity statements are. So we know who he is. If somebody doesn't know who they are, then we certainly can't know who they are more, more than they do. Um, and so he tells us, I, I am the good shepherd. I am the gate. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the vine and you are the branches. I am the bread of life. It's just throughout that we hear that identity, who he is, so we can know who he is and how essential that is. Um, we can see, I really, I was pondering this the other day. I was, um, I'm living here in Ave Maria and I was over in the Ark Chapel in the Student Union Building and there's just a lovely painting. It's a really beautiful painting of Jesus at the crucifixion. He's on the cross and Mary and John the Beloved and Mary Magdalene. A lot of sacred art doesn't include Mary Magdalene for some reason. I love that Mary Magdalene's in this picture as well. They're all three there at the foot of the cross, as we know. And it was really striking to me that all three of them, in a very particular way, knew they were loved, knew they were loved by the Lord. Mary, of course, being chosen for, for um, the incarnation and being chosen to be the Christ bearer, the Theotokos, um, being chosen to, to bring the Lord into the world, um, and just the, the, the beauty of that and that, that singular, um, setting aside that there was in her life. And just, of course, imagine the Lord living with her for, for all the years throughout his childhood and until he, um, began his public ministry. And so just that knowing that she was loved, knowing in a very particular way, really, truly. And because of her immaculate conception, um, without that stain of original sin, nothing blocking her ability to receive that love. And we know, of course, at the Annunciation, the Holy Spirit coming upon her, the power of the Most High overshadowing her. So really that um, that identity as beloved by all, of, all three of the persons of the Blessed Trinity. And then, of course, we know John the Beloved. I just love that throughout his gospel, he refers to himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. So clearly, that was, that was really a central part of his identity as well, was that he was loved by the Lord, really core to his identity when he's trying to tell us who he is, who he is, who's speaking throughout this gospel. It's me. It's, it's me. I'm the one Jesus loved. And how amazing that is, how core that was to his identity. And then, of course, Mary Magdalene, the one from whom the Lord had um, had driven uh, seven demons, the one who, who followed him and so particularly knew that she was loved by the Lord. And, uh, and this isn't to say that there aren't others who knew, but, but these three particular, if we read through the Gospels, it, it really seems like we can come to understand that in a very special way, that was something that was so crucial to, to what they had really internalized at this point. And um, so what do we see in that? That identity led them to being at the foot of the cross. And I just think that's, 
That's so amazing. That's so fascinating to me. I just really love that. So, so what can we see like the identity does? Well, identity encourages, it leads us to, if we break down the word encourage, it means to take heart, but not just any heart. It leads us to take his heart. Right. Do you understand that? Like so different. If I'm, if I'm taking my heart in order to have courage in a situation, well, I don't know, that might still very much leave me lacking. But if I'm taking the Lord's heart and his heart is perfect love, we know perfect love casts out all fear. So how crucial that is, how crucial his heart is to being the heart of love, the heart that's going to drive all fear from us and really give us that courage. Um, C.S. Lewis says that courage, this is from the screw tape letters, it says, courage is not simply one of the virtues, but the form of every virtue at the testing point, which means at the point of highest reality. And so again, we see like how that ties back into human and spiritual integration. When those virtues are at that testing point in our human life, that courage really gives us the ability to then live in a spiritual way to hit that spiritual ideal and and pass that testing point that that virtue has come to and whatever the situation might be but it, it takes courage to be able to do that it takes courage to be able to to be virtuous to live a virtuous life and when we draw that strength from the heart of the lord then it's just really responding to his love that's what virtue becomes a matter of. It's not a matter of my striving and my struggling. It's a matter of responding to his love out of what his heart does to my heart. It fills it with courage. I can take his heart. Why? Because he gives it to me and he gives it to us every day through grace and through the sacraments. So it's so beautiful. And then the other thing that, that strikes me about these three being at the foot of the cross, Mary, Mary Magdalene, and John the Beloved, is um is kind of the confidence right because they're surrounded by soldiers they're surrounded by by there's thieves on the cross and one's jeering and mocking the lord and so it seems like it would take a certain amount of confidence to even identify with him right we know that the other 11 apostles fled and even judas went out and hanged himself and yet here are these three figures with this confidence if we break down the word confidence it means con means with and fide means faith. So it gives them the ability to act with faith. Again, very much like courage. Like if we're going to be encouraged, if we're going to take heart and take our own heart, well, that can very much leave us lacking. But if we're going to take his heart, that's something else. That's something else altogether to a much higher degree. You don't get any higher than that. And the same with confidence, right? If we're going to have if we're going to act with faith, if I'm going to act with faith in myself. Well, <laughs> that's, that can be a real shaky situation, right? Because I'm perfectly capable of blowing it. That's, that's the one guarantee that I have, but um, in myself, but if I'm taking, if I'm going to look for the ability to act with faith in him, then there's, there's no limit. There's no limit to it because he's able to accomplish infinitely more than I can ask or imagine. And so I can just see that identity being so central to 
to us being encouraged, to us being able to act with faith, with that confidence in him, all rooted in him, not rooted in ourselves. And what a beautiful relief that is, quite frankly, right? So identity, when we look at that, our identity is God's children. It's really striking to me. It's not just any identity. It's not, you know, of course, going back to, you know, being a member of a team or a fan of, of some team or a a, a member of a club or an organization, but particularly as our identity as gods, right? I <laughs> just stop at that word. You think God's children, God's sons, God's daughters. We have to look at gods. What does it mean to be gods? So, so who is he? That's that's essential to know his identity, right? And why again, Jesus speaks to us so much of that in the Gospels. So when we belong to God. Well, he's the king. He's the creator. He's all powerful. He's all knowing. He's all loving. He's all wise. He's at every place and every time, all at the same time. He's good. And he's intimately calling each one of us into relationship with himself, because that's the next word we get to. We're God's children, God's son, God's daughter. And so those words, son, daughter, children, that's a relationship. So not just called to be, to have a certain identity, meaning like a certain title or a certain role or a certain position, but that word really identifies relationship and, and not just any relationship, again, our relationship to God, to the King of Kings, to the Lord of Lords, to the Alpha and the Omega, to who he was all good, all loving, all wise all powerful and all knowing and, and knows exactly every single thing that we could possibly need. Um, and yet calls us to ask in faith because he is our good and loving father. He's our good, good father. So I just really want to fill you with this, with this concept of identity, because I, I find it really striking. And I feel like it's one of those things that's really going to continue to unfold but it's really what I was speaking to in, in the book, Fearless, when I was writing about being chosen by the Lord, known by the Lord, valued by the Lord, protected and provided for by him. It's really in coming to internalize each one of those things more and more and more, our identity, essentially, as his children, taking courage in his heart, taking his heart, having faith in him, rather than just faith in ourselves. That's what leads us to be fearless. That's what empowers us to be fearless. That's that perfect love that drives out that fear. And so I just want to reassure you of your identity in him, no matter what you've ever done, no matter what you've ever not done, he loves you infinitely more than you can ask or imagine. You're his beloved son, you're his beloved daughter, his beloved, his, his beloved child. That's just so key. You know, St. Francis, one of the prayers that St. Francis is known to have, have prayed through is, is, Lord, who are you and who am I? Again, going back to that notion of, of identity and, you know, just, just pondering how many times Francis would have asked the Lord to show him that. And then what do we see in Francis's life? He was so transformed that eventually he had the marks of the crucifixion in his hands and his feet and his side and, and, um, it was 
in that identity and coming to know who he was as beloved son of the father that really transformed him from a playboy to a saint. And so just want to reassure you of your identity and just really encourage you to, um, to ask the Lord to, to show you the belovedness and the specialness of that, because it's something that, that is so core. It is the foundational principle. I I've, I'm confident it's the foundational principle that really gives us the ability to live lives in, in courage and in peace. And so, um, so I just leave you with those thoughts today and I pray that for you, Father God, we just ask you to touch each one of the hearts of the listeners, just ask you to, to touch each one of us and just convince us deep within our spirit evermore of who you are as our good, good father, who we are as your children, who we are as your beloved daughters, who we are as your beloved sons. Just ask you to confirm in our hearts our identity as your children. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So thank you for joining joining us today. And um, just ask if you uh, are interested in parish missions, healing retreats, anything of that nature, um, diocesan missions, college missions, feel free to reach out to us at sacredhearthealingministries.com. My email address is margaret at sacredhearthealingministries.com. And again, my book and Father David Tickerhoof, who will be rejoining me. Um, our books are available on Amazon. His is Evangelizing Catholic Culture. My books are More Than Words, The Freedom to Thrive After Trauma and Fearless Abundant Life Through Infinite Love. And so just um, offer those to you. Again, Fearless is a way of digging more and more into our identity as beloved sons and daughters of, of our good, good father. And may the Lord give you peace. Thank you for joining me for today's show. Please subscribe and share and check us out on wholenessandholiness.com. Follow and like us on social media. And to learn more about Sacred Heart Healing Ministries, please go to sacredhearthealingministries.com.